What's up, what's up, what's up? What up, what up? What's going on, guys? Chilling, man. Ready for another episode. Welcome to the No Apart Podcast. I am sitting next to the product of grace, Mike. Say hello to the people, Mike. We bow our hearts. <laughs> we bend our knees. Oh, spirit, make Marcus humble. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> nah, that's that's uh, uh that's how's King, it going? That's King Leo. <laughs> King, King Leo said Marcus needs to be more. Yeah, King Leo, get a shout out. <laughs> shout out to King Leo. Word up. King Leo he said, Yo, Marcus, place, is, man. he said, Marcus is clear. You be fighting against it, dog. He said, The numbers. <laughs> he, said, he said, My experience when three or four see it, dog. Hey, man, we read the comments. <laughs> I was like, Yo, B, Marcus gotta be more humble. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Ange, what's up to my right? What's popping? What's popping, everybody? And we got Ralph P to my far right with the Yankee fitted. Yeah, you know what I was thinking? What up, what up? It'd be nice to meet the people. This guy always want to meet somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like the people who really, you know, show us love and they listen every week. I don't know. It'd be nice to fellowship. I guess some food or something. There's only two of them. You know what I mean? So we only got two people that show us <laughs> <laughs> we only got a couple. King Leo might want to come through. <laughs> so, nah, but I was thinking, like, uh, one day, hopefully, you know, we could do a little something, meet the people, you know? Ah. Uh, Why don't you just tell the people to like and subscribe? How about that? Call to action. Yeah, like and subscribe. Listen up. Apparently, we got a decent amount of followers, but we get, like, no likes. Come on, man. Show us some love. Like, subscribe, share to your friends and family. And trust me, we're not asking you to do that because we're trying to blow up. You know, we just want to get the gospel out there. So, and that's what we do. Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm, my nose is agitated. What you catching the cold, man? I don't know. Maybe it's the, the fresh air up here, man. <laughs> I'm used to that dirty Brooklyn air. <laughs> the smog. The smog. <laughs> nah, but yeah, just in case. Pardon me mm. if I sneeze during the podcast. It happens. Mm. But um, late night session today, man. You, I like the late night sessions. <laughs> they don't know what time it is. Nah, they do. Nah, they do. They could tell. How? You're not as bright as you usually are. <laughs> <laughs> it's natural light. Be natural light makes everything more bright. It's no natural light. It's dark. Baby. Yeah, man. You know, burn the mid midnight oil. At night, it's it's, it's a different vibe. Different vibe when we get together at night. Yeah. Um. So where we at? Romans chapter nine. Word up. It's are we, a, are yeah. we already in Romans 9? Hurry up. That's your chapter. Already? You better be on this chapter. I'm looking for you all <laughs> chapter, baby. You know it took us a month to get through chapter 8. But I think we blew through bottom of 8, though. Now, we got to go back and okay. touch it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> touch up the little spot. Hey, let's do it. Y'all know I love that chapter, man. probably ain't go through. But yeah, let's get into it. 
Oh man. And you know the thing is is sometimes you could get caught up in the controversial verses and miss all the wonderful things that's in chapter eight. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get it's caught up in that. Forest. Yeah. You get caught up in that one verse and oh you get into this discussion and oh what does it mean and blah blah blah. But you miss um dog no condemnation. Right? You miss the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Mm. You miss that you're no longer, um, you're free from the law of sin and death, right? And mm. you could be joined to Christ and, and follow, you know, the law of the spirit of life, right? We're no longer debtors to, you know, the flesh, right? So all these things are in chapter 8. Um you know, it speaks about the, the glory that will be revealed in us, right? And it speaks about the, the audience that's waiting to see this revealing, right? The audience being all of creation. Did you skip over the suffering part? Where? Who's the suffering part? No, well, it tells us how <laughs> we're co-heirs, but we have to suffer like Christ. But then it also says that this suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the mm -hmm. glory which shall be revealed in us. So. Not worthy. So those are all the good things in chapter 8. Um, but let's go over 28 again. 28? Right? Okay. Which says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think this theme has been throughout the book of, of Romans, right? So whatever God permits to come mm. into our life, you know, it's designed to conform us into the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, we're going through tribulations, uh, we, uh, whatever, it's nothing. That's why we could, glory and tribulations because um if the lord is allowing it and we're called then he's able to use it for his purpose right so knowing that kind of helps you deal with those things you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um for whom he foreknew and I, I think this is where maybe we had a little difference of opinion in, in terms of what this verse is actually saying you mean right? we didn't agree on something <laughs> no, we didn't agree on this that's one. rare <laughs> <laughs> for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren mm -hmm. right so Ange, real quick lightning round <laughs> what do you think yeah, so the, and the reason I, I'm kind of want to bring this out is because, in my personal opinion, Paul unpacks it in chapter nine. Yeah. So, what I the most important word there to me is foreknew, his foreknowledge, which just means that he knew ahead of time, before there was time, before there was any creation, the Lord knew who would respond to his call. And those, because it says, for whom, 
So he's talking about a certain group of people, right, who he already knew would accept the call. Those people he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. So to me, when you put all of that together, I see, I still see salvation as being predestined. Um, I see the conforming as being predestined, but I all see it through his foreknowledge, um, which means that humans still have a responsibility, you know, given their free will to respond to the call of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. Okay. So the foreknowledge is based on the action of the people, right? That they chose. And since they chose, then he's able to predestine them. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, I mean, since the, our human responsibility is to either accept or reject Christ, right? So he knew, says his foreknowledge, mm -hmm. um, he knew who would do that. And then what happens in, it's a step-by-step -step process. You get justified, and then you get sanctified. And I see that he says that he predestined all of that to happen there. That's what I see. I don't think two of our brothers here are uh, agree with me. It's okay. And I, I see that the God's sovereignty and man's responsibility is goes hand in hand even though it's a conflict in our in my mind, right? So God is able to the his foreknowledge and his you know the predest the pre what is it the predestination right predetermining an outcome it goes hand in hand you know what i'm saying so he's he's it's like it's not like just you know foreknowledge like he just knows stuff cuz this is talking about a specific group of people but god he knows everybody he has foreknowledge of every single person that was born in this world so I see it as it goes hand in hand and there's a um there's a predetermined outcome with it. And I'm not basing it, I'm not God is not basing it on the action of the person from his divine perspective. From the divine perspective, God is predetermining a group of people to conform, to be saved. From the man's perspective, he has a responsibility to accept G accept the Lord and his message. How that works, in my mind, it's a conflict. In God's mind, it's not. Mm. In his realm, it's not. So that's, how, that's where I place that, this section. Both of it is true. But is it weird that I don't, I don't have a problem understanding that circle it seems obvious to me in this verse no it's not weird you know what i'm saying like i just see it as a, as a circle as it's this happens then this happens and this happens and this happens and god knew what would happen because he's god and that's his sovereignty mm -hmm. i don't i don't 
I get it where you see God's perspective and humans, uh, the man's perspective, but I just see that it's simple to me. And it's not because I'm smarter than anybody. I just, maybe I'm looking at it too simplistically. No, I think, I think you said it. You said God knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I say God determined what's going to happen. And it happens. Mm, but no, I, I, no, I don't no, see that. No, that's what I'm saying. That's where the, that's where the difference in how we see it. So you're yeah. saying he's basing it on because he know that this yeah. is going to happen. And I'm saying he's determining exactly what's going to happen and it will happen. No, no, no. What, what well, do you I, mean determine? Predetermine. Okay. So he predetermined these people are going to get saved. See, that, they're going to get that's saved. That's what I don't, I don't. Unless you're saying that wrong, I don't agree with that without that foreknowledge. You know what I'm saying? Like saying that he just he predetermined without putting in that puzzle of his foreknowledge to me is what makes it sound Calvinistic. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why it's weird to me how you're saying it. And maybe I'm just not understanding it right. To me, it's simple. He knew who would respond. Therefore, he predestined those people because he knew how they would respond. To me, that's a simple circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm saying he determined who's going to respond, and they responded. You yeah. see, he determined who's going to respond. Yeah. To me, that sounds off. To me, that takes right. away free will. Right. No. Yes, that, that's sounds, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like that's it how it sounds. sounds but remember, but before not, I said, yeah, yeah, before said both it. of them is true. Right. I can't understand it because right. in my mind it's conflicting. Right. But, but it's not in God's mind. It's not in in eternity, in God, His mind, it makes perfect sense and it works. Right. That's the reason I'm saying on that. the other side. That's what he's saying. But it, to me, it makes perfect sense here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I mean, that's that's the re that's the different views. The different views, and yeah. we could just. Yeah, that's right. We'll continue. And there's, a, I mean, there's a thing that I've, when you're using the word determinative, like I've read this, this thing and he mentions that there's two wills of God. There's the determinative will of, determinative mm -hmm. will of God and the moral will of God. And the determinative will of God is the, um, that what God will do and we have no say in it um, mm -hmm. in terms of like six days of creation, you know, the first coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, he's going to destroy the world in fire you know he's gonna come back he's gonna you know the tribulation is going to happen the antichrist is gonna come like all these things are the determinative will of god that they will happen or the flood you know um noah's ark all these things were determinative will where we had no saying it that is going to happen and then there's the moral will of god mm -hmm. where now with the moral will of god this is where free man where he god's moral will is that no one commits murder Right, but then people choose to commit murder. Mm -hmm. But his 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 moral will is that no one commits murder. But then man's free will goes against his moral will. Okay. So so like so some of these scholars they kind of like separate that like there's a determinative will and there's a moral will. There's these two wills, and the determined is that okay, this is what God will have, and we have no say in it. And then there's the moral will. This is where man's mm -hmm. free will and responsibility come into play. Mm -hmm. And the things that I think a lot of times um, we can confuse the two and just kind of like mishmash them together. And it sounds weird because it is something hard to understand, you know, but I think it's hard and simple at the same time. I think where the difficulty comes is that 
um, we are in a three-dimensional uh, world and God is outside of this, this dimension. And that's why that God's sovereignty and man's free will can work hand in hand like in glove um, and that it don't really contradict. But to us being finite, we really can't say it because like we are in time. He's outside of time and he's looking down the corridor of eternity in his foreknowledge right and in his election and he sees this and he knows who's going to be saved and it is through that foreknowledge he justifies he sanctifies he glorifies you know and and in our free will you know we're choosing this um to and you know and we're playing a part in this and and it doesn't negate uh, you know our free will does not negate god's plan you know and and his foreknowledge so that's why i guess a little it gets a little hairy but like like you said i i don't think there's we just can't understand and i don't think we should be able to understand people have been fighting the sovereignty of god and man's real for for ages you know and and if we understand god that then god is too small <laughs> you know if god infinite god if we could sit here and say this is who god is and this is his sovereignty this 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 that means god is too small and he can't save us if mm -hmm. we could understand him in our finite minds. Mm -hmm. So, rest of chapter 8, you know, it goes into God's love, um, how much he loves, loves us, what he gave up, what he was willing to give up for us. He gave us the best. And it speaks about, you know, nothing on the natural or the supernatural can come against um, God's plan. Right? Any other thoughts? In chapter yeah, eight? I love, um, you know, chapter um, verse 33, where it says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. When I read that, I automatically go back to verse one, where it says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is why, because it's God who justifies and we've already been justified. Mm -hmm. So that's why it doesn't matter what you do as a, as a son or daughter in Christ, you know, there's no condemnation. And that I, I say that not to give people a license to sin because that's not what this is. But that grace should drop you to your knees and make you want to be a better Christian, to make you want to be more like Christ. That That's to me, that's the true mark of, of a genuine of a heart that's been regenerated is someone who hates sin and knows when they mess up that look I hurt the Lord's heart now and I want to stop this. I don't want to continue it because of God's grace. I want to stop it because of God's grace. Yeah, um I think 16 and 17 those are good like you know scriptures that speak out to me the spirit himself bear witness without spirit that we are the children of God and if children then heirs heirs of god and joint heirs with christ if if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified with him like those are marks of being children of god you know like the spirit bear witnessing um um that we are the children of god and also it says if indeed we suffer with him like this life is you know they again i think i mentioned it you know, a few episodes, the last episode, like this world is anti-Christ. Mm. They hate God. And 
there's going to be moments where the Holy Spirit, if you are a child of God, is going to call you to suffer for with Jesus Christ. You know, it says, if we suffer with him, you know, so it's like, those are like, I think those are marks of being children of God. You know, it's not supposed to be this easy road and everything hunky-dory. No, it's, there's going to be times where you're going to be called to suffer with Christ, you know, and I think those are marks of being ears and joint ears with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, and it's like, it. I'm like reading it now. It says, if indeed we suffer with him, you know, if, you know, that we may also be glorified with him, you know, so before the glory, it got to come to suffering. Mm. So there's going to be points where you're going to be led to suffer, you know, with Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's going to be like marks of you being heirs and joint heirs. And another reason why that scripture is so big to me, because um, like you have an inheritance, you know, like just being somebody in this world, like, you know, so many people are just upset. You know, I think I've seen something where, uh, um, you know, one of these kids, they were upset with their parents for bringing them into the world, you know, because they probably was looking at their life like, you know, my parents don't have much, you know, probably envying everybody else in the world, whatever the, the cause may be. But, you know, there's a lot of people who have this, I don't know, is there's this just brat spirit in the world. <laughs> I don't know if it's me, dog. <laughs> like people spirit. are brats, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. they don't have, so they cry, you know, they don't have like the next man have, they see all day, you know, all day on social media, society, whatever, and they envy, mm-hmm. they covet, and they get angry because now they, you look, they, sometimes they look at their parents like, why didn't you leave, or why didn't you do something for me? You know, it's just like this brat spirit, and you know, I think just a couple of days ago, I was watching like the Menendez brothers. You know, how they, the trial, how they killed their parents and they wanted the money. And, you know, it's just like this, this spirit out here of people wanting stuff, wanting more. You hear all about this stuff about generational wealth. You know, I got to build wealth to leave for generations so that I could change this and change that. And I'm like, you know, God has an inheritance for me. Mm. You know, I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I have an inheritance to look forward to. And it's not here. It's somewhere being stored where moth can't corrupt it. It can't grow old. It gets better with time. I can't run through that money. You know, that the, the riches that's, that is Jesus Christ, that is in Jesus Christ, that is awaiting his children. Bro, that is, our, that is where our inheritance lies. It lies in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're joint ears with Jesus Christ. Everything Jesus Christ has, everything he is, I have, I own, <laughs> you know, and crazy. it's like chapter eight is constantly telling us, dog, everybody's waiting for that to be revealed, for the joint ears to be revealed, you know, the inheritance to be shown through you and in you. Like, it can't be compared, bro. Any inheritance, any amount of money, anything on this planet here can't be compared to the inheritance that God has waiting for you mm. in heaven. Yeah, that's, that's well put. That's dope. So, um, yeah, man, let's get into nine. All right. Yo, Ralph, this is your chapter, baby. I I want you 
popping on all cylinders, dog. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Verse one. Let me get. I'll, I'll start it. I I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Paul kind of now focuses this to the Jewish people. Yeah. Yeah, I think in context, right, the next three chapters, 9, 10, 11, he focuses more on Israel um, just because they're starting to feel left out, I guess, right? we One through eight, we talked mostly about God's plan, you know, for the world in general. So Israel sort of standing there like, wait, weren't we the chosen people? Like, what what's going on with us? And this is where the next couple chapters where Paul sort of addresses them. Mm-hmm. Um and that word accursed is such a, a strong word. And um, he uses it uh, in Galatians, I believe, right? Where he talks about anyone being accursed who brings a, a different gospel. And that means, you know, basically sent to hell, right? Just being um, eternally cursed. And he here is saying, and you have to believe him because he's telling you, I'm not lying. If I could, if it was at all possible, this is how much I love my fellow countrymen that I would make myself a curse so that they can be one with Christ. And that's a that's a type of love that I know I've never had and I will probably never have because that's a different love. That's not saying I'll die for someone knowing that you're still going to wake up in heaven. This is saying I'll, I'll die for you knowing that I'm going to wake up in hell for all of eternity. And that's a love that I don't know if any of us will ever have. <laughs> yeah, Paul, um, now he, he focuses on the on the Jews, right? So if we go back, it would seem like, you know, in chapter one, Paul was like, you guys are hypocrites, right? You guys were supposed to be teaching, you guys kind of messed up. And then he goes into circumcision. It would seem like the Jews are probably like, yo, you've been dragging us for like <laughs> seven chapters, dog. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> I would feel in a way mm-hmm. if, if you're really listening to what Paul is saying. And Paul is a Jew probably looking like, yo, dog, you a traitor. How you treating us like this? Like, yo, what's up? You know, based if you go back and read how he the law, yo, y'all, the law is you're not under the law anymore. It's new. You could be married to a new master, right? Circumcision. He even was like, yo, Abraham, those that are in the faith are the real children of like he was really saying all these things, and it would you would feel in a way if you were a Jew, cause dog, you're attacking my identity you're attacking who i am right so kind of like you said like they was probably feeling like dang paul you've been dragging us mm-hmm. right so he goes into it and says right i tell the truth in christ i'm not lying my conscience bearing me when it's like yo the holy spirit 
is I'm I'm telling you the truth. Like I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. Um and he invokes that emotion, like that deep emotion, that deep love. I think he said it he he echoed what he said before about um you'd be hard pressed to find a good man that would die for somebody. Mm. Right? So the idea of the the greatest act of love, right. you know, is to sacrifice yourself. So that's the idea he's trying to convey to them to to tell his his kinsmen like yo dog, I'm yo I feel for you and you you could also imagine Paul, he was as Jewish as they came. Yeah. Right. Right, and he's seeing his people, his ministry being that I'm supposed to go out to the Gentiles and preach, and the Gentiles is getting saved by the boatload, mm-hmm. and he's looking at his people like, "Yo, right?" Because he goes into it, right? My brethren, my countrymen, who are the Israelites, to whom pertains, did we? No, we didn't no, even we read that part. That. So imagine how he's feeling. Right, what he's grappling with. Imagine his thoughts based on his people. His ministries to the Gentiles. They're getting saved. He has a history. He has a culture. And now you're seeing his emotions, his feelings towards his people based according to the flesh, like his his kinsmen. And that's what kind of what he's getting into right. right now. And it ties into the part that we just read he's he's going to unpack it because they have questions now yeah right yeah and um Mm -hmm. you know moses had the same thing yeah when he was dealing with the lord and the lord is like i'm going to destroy those people and moses well you got to put me in that boat too you know Mm -hmm. and like he it's kind of like mediating like you're seeing the spirit of christ in paul you know ready to lay down his life for his countrymen, you know, is that spirit of just, like you said, the ultimate act of love. And, you know, when I read that, I understood how Paul felt, you know, um, you know, me being African-American, you know, growing up in New York City, like, I have that, you know, there's moments where I see my people, you know, and just, you know, you hear things of just their beliefs, their religion, you know, everybody think Wakanda's forever out here. Damn. You understand what I'm saying? Right. When it's Jerusalem is forever. Jerusalem is the motherland. You know, but, you know, understanding certain things about God and Christ and I hurt for my people when I see them in, you know, the the whole tap and just all these different religions and, and all these different ideologies. I'm like, I wish... Y'all could just get this gospel, understand this gospel, you know, even talking to, you know, people, you know, my people. And they're like, oh, this is a white man's religion. And this religion was used for slavery. And just to see the blindness, I hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, I hurt like just to see. And, you know, as things progress in society, how destructive we've become as a people, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I grew up with this national pride, you know being a hebrew israelite just loving people and just you know putting myself on the line for it and you know now you're saved and you're bringing the gospel to them they're looking at you like this the white man religion how you gonna follow that Ah, ah, ah." and it breaks so 
when I when I saw Paul, when I read this with Paul, I was like, yo, bro, I understand. You know, maybe like you said, ends not to the extent where you're like, you know, you know. And I think the way he said it, it's it was more like the way Moses said it, like, Lord, I I will stand in the gap because that's how much that's how much love I have for my people. You know, so it's like I feel like that with all of us, like we're sitting here going through the word of God. I think because deep down inside, we do want people who look like us, who talk like us saved. You know, it's like, dog, we we speak the same lingo. We look alike. We dress alike. You understand what I'm saying? And and we came from that culture. Dog, we want you guys saved. That's why we sit here and we go through the word of God. So I think it's the same, like that same spirit and that same feeling Paul had where he's like, you know, people according to my flesh, because these are his people. He's like, you guys think, like you said, I'm dragging you guys, but deep down inside is like, you guys don't even understand this love I have for you guys. Mm -hmm. It goes this deep and I wish you guys would understand the gospel. And I think... Mm -hmm. You know, we all could attest to that also just, you know, being African-American in the United States. Yeah, um, totally agree with you. And and w one of the things also is that what we see as Paul is speaking here, because I do see like you're mentioning like this next section of scripture verses, right? Um, now we're dealing with nationalism, you know, the whole national election. on and And I think... The purpose why Paul goes into this, because he's going into God's righteousness vindicated. First, he said God's righteousness revealed through the first couple, through the, the doctrinal chapters, right? Um, with one through three, then with um, the whole, you know, doctrine of condemnation, and then three to, to five, doctrine of justification, and then six through eight, doctrine of sanctification, all these things. And now he's going to go into this whole um, nationalism, the doctrine of election. And national election and this is um, going because the question is you know um, like you said yo you beat us down so what is the purpose like why you even you know you beat us Jews down and the Jews were his biggest enemies when you look every time because first um, Paul went into the Jews he was getting kicked out of all the synagogues he got ran out he got ran out he was beaten by the Jews Right, he was stoned by the Jews. He had to sneak out of town. <laughs> he had to sneak in out of basket. town constantly. So they were lying on him. Um, so all these things, they were they they imprisoned him. Everything they can do, they wanted to kill him because they thought that this dude, like you guys said, was destroying the Mosaic Law. He was bashing Judaism. He's saying all these things, and he was calling Jesus the Christ. So and it's like, yo, we reject this because their whole idea is that they thought because you have to think about it, is that. The reason they were thinking that they were under Roman occupation, Roman oppression, and they were waiting for the Messiah, that the Messiah would come and come as the king to remove them from oppression, to rule with a rod of iron and to place them, you know, on a pedestal, you know, as because they were self-righteous. They right. did not think about the other description of the Messiah, his first coming dealing with as a suffering servant, as a mm. suffering savior. So they didn't see that. So they said, Paul, you're out of your mind. And they hated him. Mm. And to have that great hatred against him, but he still comes out here and say, I wish I was a curse for you. Right. Because I love you so deeply. These the were his level. enemies. And he says, I wish I could die for you. Go to hell yeah. so that you 
could be saved. And then he brings these witnesses on the stand, right? Of like to sh prove his love for them that, yo, I'm not trying to bash you. I truly love you and want you to be saved, you know? And the witnesses he brings, he says, my truth of my love for you is I'm speaking in Christ. I'm not lying. Um, great sorrow. I, great sorrow. Continue I'm bringing my conscience and I'm and and the other witnesses, the Holy Spirit in me. So he got the Holy Spirit. He got my conscience, and and so all this stuff he's bringing on this witness stands to show his deep, sincere love for his people. All right, and exactly like what Mike is saying, we all have that deep, sincere. I, I don't, I don't think I'm to that level. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, nah, I never the, said. No, yeah. no, no. Like you said, but like, I think that's what he he was. Right. He was trying to show, show the, this the how sincerity, deep, right, right, the sincerity, the, the sincerity, that's the word, like right. just like. Moses, like you know, when Moses, <laughs> but so I don't think he was just trying to make an example. I think he meant that a hundred percent. No, I I think he meant it, but he he understood that he he. he well, that's, why he, right, that's why that's why he right, said, yeah. you know, I for I could wish for if I if I could do this, I would. Yeah, and he started out by telling them, "I'm telling you the truth." Yeah, so that that type of love is. Is Christ's love, right? right exactly. Right, right. That's yeah. we here, That's, right? As much as I love my family members, as much as I want everyone to go to heaven with me, if I had an opportunity for the for them to be to go to heaven, if I accursed myself for eternity in hell, bro, I don't. How can I do that? Knowing what hell is, knowing what God yeah. is. How can I do that? You know what I mean. I, I don't think I could. And again, I think that's just the Holy Spirit speaking through Him. Yes, like just yeah. revealing, yeah. you know, yes. just the sin, like you said, the sincerity the sin yes. of how deep is this yeah. man? Deep devotion. Right. He's he's expressing, trying to convey a message, convey a message to show yeah. how real and, and deep it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah. what was what was his deep sorrow about? Well, um, I mean, I think if we continue to read it, mm. it'll start to like. He'll reveal it on, you know, what it's about. So we, go we left off at four. Yeah. 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 So verse four says, Who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, the eternally blessed God, Amen. Mm -hmm. Keep going. So, what was oh, no. no? What was his sorrow and continual grief about? What do you, What do you guys think? Like, I mean, I think the basic understanding of that he was sorrowful that as a nation they missed their opportunity to accept the Messiah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah. as you go through it, he breaks down the righteousness of the Lord, the righteousness mm. by faith. You know what I mean? Like, mm. as we go through it, he fleshes it out. But, you know, I think, like, from what he's bringing here now, like, you know, we were saying, like, you know, this is who Israel is. You know, they had the glory. They had the giving of the law. They had the adoption. And let's know, go they, Let's they go through the, it, right? The service let's of go. God. The Israelites, to who pertain to adoption, right? Mm -hmm. They were the sons of God. Right. God called them sons. Plenty of scriptures. The glory. 
That was the Shekinah glory, the pre the actual presence, presence of God right. that was with Israel, right? Whether it was in the tent, the ark, the, the ark, yeah, and the then pillar of the cloud, the temple, yeah. fire but just, temple. Just mm -hmm. real quick with the adoption here, like I think just to make it clear, in verse chapter eight, he's talking about individual adoption, right? As people individually giving mm -hmm. their hearts to the Lord. Here, the adoption pertains to the nation of Israel, right? Him choosing them. So I just yeah. want to make yeah. that clear for whoever's listening. So the covenant, which is the promises, right? The you Abraham, had Abrahamic covenant. You had the land, Mosaic covenant. You had the land covenant, yeah. right? The giving of the law. David covenant. Right? The Davidic, Davidic covenant. Yeah. Noahic. Yeah. The Noah covenant mm -hmm. with the rainbow. The giving of the law, right? We know Moses, right. they, they received the law. Um, this is all unique. This is the privilege that the nation of Israel have. Yeah, this these is unique are tremendous Israel, privileges. Right? The yeah. services of God, when you think about the service in the temple, when you think about the priesthood, mm -hmm. they handled the affairs of God. Right. Right? Um, and the promises. Tons of promises. You had promises that dealt with protection you had promises that dealt with peace and you had promises that dealt with provisions there's a whole bunch of promises that god made to israel right mm -hmm. of whom are the fathers and from whom the fathers right the forefathers abraham, abraham, abraham isaac, jacob, isaac jacob right according to the flesh now this is the greatest privilege of all that they had that according to the flesh christ came who is over all fam it's right here the <laughs> eternally blessed god it says it right mm, here son you gotta read b jesus christ <laughs> you is gotta god read it that Listen, is the clearest you gotta read b did they take this jesus out jesus christ is jewish and i'm talking about his his earthly right his according to the flesh according to the flesh he's jewish mm. He's a Jewish God. The God of the Jews. Dog. So that's the privilege the nation of Israel had. And they had it first. Mm. The gospel came to them first. Because we mm. already showed that the gospel of justification by faith was way back in Abraham. Because Paul broke it down. Yes. Yes. So it was always there. And it came to you first. Jesus Christ came to who? He came to the Jews. To the Jew first. Like Ann said, y'all miss your opportunity. You guys rejected it. And that's what Paul, that's, that's what Paul was grappling. That's what was messing him up. You know what I'm saying? In that situation. And he got a ministry where he got to, you know, yeah, go the to Gentiles. the Gentiles. And they're coming in by the Jews and they just heard it. Mm, right. He was like, yo, they didn't get none of this stuff. They're hearing it the first time, and they coming in. Dog, you guys had history. You guys had history, and you rejected it when it came to you. Yes. That's what was messing with him. Huh. That's what was hurting him. And right. on top of that, it doesn't matter how many Gentiles got saved that couldn't make up for the fact that he's seeing his own people, for the most part, reject yep. this salvation. Yes. Jewish privilege. Yep. 
Yep. You know? That's right? why I'm like, fam. <laughs> yeah. I get it, Paul. So they they in, <laughs> so they enjoy like they had all this special privilege and the Gentiles that had nothing, first thing, they embrace it. You know what I'm saying? And they just for the first time. So now the question is, how do you harmonize the two? Right? Oh, what do you mean by harmonize? Meaning God picked Israel based on his sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now it's like, okay, is it not working? Right, right, right. So right, that's, right. that's, that's the question. You, are you saying that? Like, we're still you know, going, we're still right. unpacking God's sovereignty. Right. Right? So how would you define sovereignty? Like a simple definition. Supreme authority. Okay. Overall yeah. mm-hmm. authority over everything. Yeah. Yeah. And and we believe that God is sovereign, that he has authority over everything. So somebody that so, has authority, they could do what they want. Whatever they want. They're want. in charge of everything. Whatever. They could do whatever right. they want. So then the question you're saying is then when you're harmonizing then, then the question becomes... If God's sovereignty in choosing this nation and as a believer, can I trust that these promises are for me because this nation who was sovereignly elected rejected? I think that's what Paul that's why Paul brings up this. That's the question, right? I think right. I think he right. revisit he... I think he revisits it to show the same way God is gonna be faithful to Israel. You Gentiles, y'all can bank on the same thing. He's going to go into it, right? Because right. remember, he, he kind of threw sovereignty out there. He kind of threw it out there. Right. And it's then the, now it's a situation where it's knowledge. like, okay, wait a minute. Israel was supposed to bless all the other nations, right? right? And God chose them. Why did he choose them? Why did he choose Israel? He just chose Abraham. There was, y'all made a promise to you, and y'all going to choose, right? Because we got to get into it. God is being sovereign, mm. right? And just like you said, supreme, I'm in charge. I could do whatever I want. Are you okay with that? Are you mm. okay with that quality in God that he could do whatever he want? Yep, right. But do you also apply the fact that he can't do anything that's wrong? Right. He's not going to do anything that's unjust, and he's not going to do anything that's unrighteous. Right. Do you believe that he cannot do those things and he won't do those things? And he cannot lie. Mm -hmm. And he cannot lie. So if you believe all of that, you should have no problem with God being sovereign and God just being God and choosing what he wants. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly. And Paul is starting to unpack that because it's like, wait a minute, how this doesn't make sense. He chose Israel. So is it, you know, throughout, he always asks you, yo, is it none effect? Yo, how is this? He's, yeah, he's, he's having his back and forth yeah, he's conversation. Yeah. So now how does this make sense that God chose Israel, they totally missed it and rejected God. Yep. And now how do you how do you harmonize all these things? Right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the question that Paul is going to get into and try to answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think he does a good job at it. But I really love this whole thing when he says according to the flesh, I mean, like you brought out, 
Christ came, who was overall the eternally blessed God. It's right there. How I never, mm. how I never saw that. Because you wasn't reading. <laughs> That's what happened when you don't read, dog. <laughs> you gotta read, man. Well, no, that is that is so clear. I mean, all the people that try to fight that, saying that Jesus is not God, this is so blatant. And in the pre previous chapter we read it in eight, when he when it mixes, when he says the the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, and the Spirit of Christ, to show you that the Holy Spirit also is part of the Godhead. So we've seen, like, it is so clear that so anybody who comes and knock on your door with a little pamphlet and need Jehovah Witness trying to say that Jesus is Michael the Archangel. He's lying. Yeah, kick him in the chest. Get him out of here. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what you know, you Where's have to show. Love? You, you don't kick nobody great, nowhere. Don't kick nobody. Don't kick <laughs> nobody. Oh, I, I, I said don't that out loud. in the chest. <laughs> Wow. Was that my quiet voice? Was that yes. my eternal voice? Wow. Was wow. that you, Lord? Wow. 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 <laughs> you know, um, this is—it's a great scripture to use. You know, if you know they—they're riding on a bicycle with a lure name tag, saying that Jesus is Satan's brother. No, mm. you know, um, Jesus is God. Or if you know they come and they roll in a piece of paper and they say highly Selassie, I no. <laughs> Jesus Christ is God, wow. not Haile Selassie. Wow. You know, and then this is is very interesting that especially the Black Hebrew Israelites, you know, and this is their favorite chapter. Oh yeah, this is their go to. That this is the gospel for them. You know, Romans nine, and clearly here it also calls Christ God, hmm. um, and they reject Jesus being God, hmm. like all the rest of the cults. They all reject jesus godhead his his divinity and here is clearly showing his divinity Word. so verse six it says but it is not that the word of god has taken no effect again paul is always defending the word of god and saying listen no right just because god chose them right so in their mind they're like listen they rejected it so then the promises are messed up so they're basing it on the merit of the nation can break or end or cancel the promises of god paul is like nah it doesn't work that way because mm. it was never based on your merit it was based on god's promises it was based on his sovereignty he picked so um, six it says but it's not that the word of God has taken no effect for they are not all Israel who are of Israel no, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham but in Isaac your seed shall be called mm. that is those who are the children of the flesh these are not the children of God but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. What are y'all thoughts on that? So now we're seeing a picture where he says, um, he says that, like you said, God's word, it's not that God's word will not take a, no effect um, because it's the people's failure, not God's failure. God is always perfect and his sovereignty remains like you said, righteous, just, perfect, holy, and seasoned in love. But what happened is that people reject. 
they use their free will to reject God's calling, right? And then he goes, he says, for they are not all Israel who are Israel. So he's about to paint a picture that, okay, now we're dealing with, with Israel now. But even in Israel, not all of them are Israel, right? Um, so what's an example of that? So the the first example you can think about is when Jesus was dealing with the Pharisees. When, no, even no. back. Abraham. Abraham. Oh, yes. Abraham yes. and Ishmael and Isaac. That's what, right. that's the well, that's what he's going to use. Yeah. Gonna, he that's what he's going to that, right? yeah. bring out. Right. So, at, so is that what he means when he says not all children because they are of the seed? Because obviously Abraham and Ishmael. Mm -hmm. Ishmael has kids and Ishmael turned into a whole nation. Right. Technically, they're from Abraham. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he was like saying, "Nope, no, I, they're no, they're not part of the promise." Right. That's what he's separating. Yeah. He's separating the children, just the children of the flesh and the children of promise. Yeah. And that's why he's going into it because he's taking you to the spiritual aspect, which is go all going to lead to being children of God. Right. Because that's what he's accounting the seed according to the promise, which is spiritual. It's not according to the flesh because the children of Israel, that's what they proud them. That's what, that's what was their pride. That's where it came from. Yeah. That, you know, I'm physically an Israelite. I'm physically a Jew. So I'm automatically good. And he's showing them, no, there's a separation in the, in the sight of God. And it's always been like that from the very beginning. He's now he's showing them that you wasn't always good just because you was born into the nation. No, it mm -hmm. goes deeper. So is he saying, because the first, like if I'm looking at it as like a tree the, or like a road, the first road, you got Abraham, right? And then you got children of the flesh and, you know, the seed, the promise, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had Ishmael. Right, so this was Ishmael mm -hmm. and then this was um, Isaac. 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 Right. right. So then, even though these guys are still technically from Abraham, they're not even considered part of the Israelite nation, right? The, the nation of Israel. Right. Now here, you have the nation of Israel. But then we, we, we break it spiritually, right? Where you have those that, you know, could believe and those that don't believe. Is that how I'm reading it? Well, we didn't even get to that. Part. We didn't even get to that yet. We're going to get so to that. So we're no, just saying all right, flesh, no, not all, flesh. Right. Yeah, not flesh all wise, of, we're just at the first fork. Right, so his right. idea is like, not all the Abraham's children is Israel. Is right. the nation of Israel. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, who's the nation of Israel? Isaac. Isaac. Why? Because God picked them. Exactly. That was the only reason. God picked them. Yep. That's his so sovereignty. He's, yeah. he's, the, he's, the, the, he's going to be the children of God. And then he goes in deeper. You guys see where I'm kind of going with this. Yeah, I see it. God's sovereignty. Right. He just goes around and pick what he wants. Yep. Do you trust that? And also, though, we have to make, you know, parenthetically that this is picking specifically for as a, this is a national right. election. It's a national and election. And not a personal salvation. Right. That's and not. This is the problem where a lot of people right. get confused is mm -hmm. that they turn this chapter into a personal salvation. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. not a national not election. A national, right. Yeah. So this has nothing to do with salvation. Exactly. No, right. He's, he's to me, I'm reading it. He's unpacking God's sovereignty. Yes. And he was like, yo, God's been doing the same thing from way back when. From way back when. So that's why when he goes into um, foreknowledge, predestination, predestination, 
And he's like, okay, what are you talking about? You don't yeah. think Abraham was picked? Abraham had kids. Yeah. What happened to Ishmael? No, he was, he's not part of the children of God. He picked Isaac. And then it goes on, right? That is those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the, um, children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. There's always been a distinction. And I think what you were going to, Ralph, was John, right? John mm -hmm. 8, yeah. 33 to, yeah. to 39. Yes. Where Jesus Christ is talking to the Pharisees. And they're like, oh, we're the children of Israel. And even Jesus made that distinction. It was like, nah, actually, let's, let's go to it before I misquote yeah. it. All right? 8, uh, 33. Then they answered him. This is chapter 8 in John, verse 33. We are Abraham's descendant and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free. Jesus answered them, most surely I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendant, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to him, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. So now he's making the distinction with these guys and saying, no, you're doing the deeds of your father. Right? You, you're not the children of Abraham. So and he, I, I think he's going back because they were Abraham's descendants. According to the flesh. According so he's to the flesh. So he's talking spiritually now. Not right. Yes. But God always makes these distinctions and he chooses who. Because Paul broke it down. It was like, yo, not all who are Israel are Israel, but it's those that have the faith of Abraham. So there's a distinction in the children of God having that faith. And then we're seeing in the story that um, Paul is going into that God, throughout this whole thing, he exercised his sovereignty. And who would be that, that line that the Messiah goes through? Mm -hmm. you, guys, you guys see where I'm... Yeah. Like what I'm seeing in this? Yeah, it's just God's, like you said, God's sovereignty on how he wants it to be done. That's it. That's it. How like he wants. Like he just choose what yeah, he wants. He just choose how it's going to be. And like this is what, like Ralph said, this isn't sal what he's no. talking about. Salva this is the salvation plan, right? right? This is where how that option is going to be made available. Mm -hmm. That's why he chooses how things are going to be made to get to that end point, Christ. Now you as a human being, you choose. But getting to that, where the whole world, it's it, that choice is available to everyone, he decides how that happened. You know what I mean? And that's why he's sovereign. That's why he's God. So read 10 to 13. And not only this, 
But when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls, it was said to her, The older shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. Who's mm-hmm. Jacob? Who's Esau? <laughs> so, again, God's sovereignty again. Mm-hmm. Another choice. He's picking. Mm-hmm. Why is he picking? Because he wants to. That's it. But you know what? The the, the thing is, the, it's, it's, it's amazing how he's bringing this up because very easy. The Jews could say, oh, I understand why God did not pick Ishmael because he wasn't fully Jew. Right. You know, he had Abraham and then Hagar. So, yeah, I understand why he rejected right, because, Ishmael. Because Abraham went outside of outside that promise of, the, of going it through Sarah. Right. And that's why he's like, well, now you're dealing with Rebecca, which was twins in the womb. Yeah. What are you going to say now? He's like, not only they have the same father right. and the same mother, but they were in the exact same womb. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> so, exactly what it is. Yep. so now he's going even further to Deeper. show you yeah. God's sovereignty, sovereignty in this. Right. And that's why he says, and they were both Jews. Jacob and Esau. And it they says not having Jews. done any good or evil. Right. It wasn't, so, it wasn't because of what they did. Listen, the purpose of God according to election might stand. It's based on what he chose, not what they did. Mm, yeah. And based on his election, uh-huh. the outcome is going to be determined. That's why back in chapter 8, I said, fam, the way God operates, there's certain things we're just not going to get. And he could predetermine and elect people, and he's going to follow through. Hmm. Your, your end is determined. In his mind, this is, this is God's divine perspective. You're elected, you're predetermined. I already know you. That's why he goes into dog, nothing could break this. It's not based on their choice from God's perspective. It's based on his election. And he's been doing it from the beginning. That's just who he is. But but remember, the fact that he could do that. We trust it because we know his character. Uh-huh. He's, he's not going to be unjust. He's not going to do something wrong. He's not going to be unrighteous. From our perspective, are you, are you predestined? Are you elected? Are you saved? Then you was elected. Are you not saved? Then you wasn't, un- you wasn't elected. Do you want to be elected? Get saved. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, B, that's the part that's the crazy part if you want to be predestined and elected from bef- from eternity past all you gotta do is respond and accept jesus christ as your lord and savior and guess what you was elected that's simple that's why you see the responsibility of man 
and you see God's mm -hmm. sovereignty at work, I don't get it. And I don't have to get it because I trust who God is. And I could say he could be sovereign and he could do whatever he wants because he's God. He has to have that freedom to do whatever he wants. But I know whatever he does is going to be right. It's mm. going to be righteous. Mm -hmm. It's going to be just. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I don't have a problem with him saying, oh, yeah, I, I done picked. I know. I know how the story ends. Right. But we can't worry about that side. We got to worry about our side. That's why he says, you know, when I, when I read that uh, scripture in, in John 6, where it says, you know, all the, all the ones you gave to me, I'm not going to lose one. And then he says, everybody that comes, I'm not going to lose you. Dog, he's saying two two totally conflicting things mm. but they're both true yeah i don't i don't yeah. see it as i conflicted. don't mean yeah, it. I the don't bible doesn't come yeah conflict. i see it exactly how you're saying it yeah. from his point of view dog because of who he is he's sovereign foreknowledge how he works you're never gonna understand yeah. how to me comes to those play. things don't don't no, collide because yeah. I feel like no no no. Do you want no? We're talking do you want about to come from with, two different. We're talking about from the I, side of I don't. Man I still don't see how no. How it you know why? Because you brought it up before. Because you're saying, yo, if he does this, what does it mean for that? Does that mean these other people are going to hell? Wait wait wait. Meaning, if a group of people is predetermined, their outcome is predetermined. How about the other group of people? Remember you said that. No. So that means the other me, people I that just, weren't predetermined, they're going no, to hell. No, no, no. But I always, what my thing with how you say that is using that word without using the previous word in the verse is what No, but, but that's what, I think that's what this whole thing is unpacking. It's not based on you picked, so then I picked you. Wait, you, Meaning, no, 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 but because you, we're, we're not talking about salvation now. No, no, no. We're not talking about salvation. We're, we're talking about sovereignty. We're God's talking sovereignty. about God's plan for salvation. No, we're talking about God's sovereignty. Yeah. And how he picks certain and things he, to happen. He right. picks certain people to do certain things. And for what, what is that pick based on? His sovereignty. But what I'm saying is he does that to get to the point of salvation where people have the free will to choose that. Right, I understand. So that. if you're if you're by free will, you don't choose God, then you're going to hell. Correct? No, no, I understand that. And I'm focused on His sovereignty, mm. and how does that operate? Is totally based on His choice. It's not based on you. It's not based on what you're going to do. Mm. It's not based on what He knows of what you're going to do. It's strictly based on His election, mm -hmm. and whatever He picks whatever he says it's going to happen that's what when i'm reading it paul kind of unpacks that when I, he gives examples like yo he's been doing this and he gives examples of the twins and he says the elder shall serve the younger the elder's supposed to get all the benefits the privilege and the glory but i i get what you're saying but i just think you you have to be careful not to lump up salvation in that and someone's no choice. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> to me, it sounds like I don't I'm, know. I'm strictly talking about sovereignty, Ange. Okay, sovereignty. Yeah, we know God can do whatever He wants. Right. Right. But all of these things, who He's picking here, this is for His purpose of election. Right. It says to get to the point where people get to choose 
And then those people, it's, turns yeah, out that Messiah, those were the yeah. elected. The, the plan of the Messiah, yeah. yeah I, no, I agree. But I just, what I'm saying is I'm not bringing it that far. I'm not going into that detail. I'm just focusing on this, these examples that Paul is bringing out about what God has been doing so that I could understand what he said in chapter 8. And he kind of just broke it down. And then he mm -hmm. goes into it in this part. Because now the question is, all right, you picked this nation because you picked them because you decided to pick them. Does that mean that the outcome or the promises is not going to happen because they rejected you? No, it's still going to happen because I picked them and I told you what's going to happen. Mm. His sovereign and in his sovereignty, he um, right. We, we read the process. Just going back to parallel them, the process. Yo, Doug, I'm going to pick you. I'm going to justify you. I'm going to, what I started, I'm going to end it. Yeah. The same example is in Israel, right? Because now the idea is like, yo, this is all messed up. Then it's not going to come to pass. Like, no. Paul is like, yo, he, he exercised his sovereignty. What he started, he's going to finish it. And he even breaks it down for the nation of Israel. And he's like, all of Israel is going to be saved. Like, what are you talking about? This God we're talking about, dog. Uh -huh. So you're saying... You've seen, you've seen the parallel. I don't know if you guys are seeing what I'm saying. It's the same the, thing, dog. We're talking dog. about the sovereignty uh, of God, but again, it's it's according to the plan of salvation. It's that, according to picking a nation. Like, this is a plan that he has, and he's going to see it through. That's what that's, yeah. that's what he's and, just... When you're dealing with the... And he goes... Like I said, we need to go into it. Like, he talks about Pharaoh. Yeah. He talks about Mer Moses. He's like, yo, bro, I had a plan, and I'm just going to see it through. And, I mean, just like a, I guess, a bird's eye view of what Marcus is talking about, about seeing the plan through, especially in this portion of Scripture, um, is that 9, 10, 11 is dealing with, you know, this is dealing with the national portion, right? right. And it's like 9 is past, is the past portion of, of Israel, their rejection. 10 is the present state of Israel. And then 11 is the future restoration of Israel. So we see the plan to show that God remains, you know, consistent. He remains the same, never changes. You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he started in his sovereignty, he's going to see it through. That's it. And this that's, is that's his, what he's saying. Yeah. This is to confirm what he said in eight right. that that the, so nine, 10, 11 is confirming that, that he's going to see this through exactly. nationally right that's well, what i'm saying like I, but this, i have like a question you... though because i see i see something different happening here than okay. what we read in eight okay I go ahead, go ahead, right go I, i'm just saying what we what we have here what you were saying is the national yeah. election of israel which he uses to start off his plan of salvation in eight i'm i see him talking about individual yes. salvation no yes that's yes. that's what i see so yeah. when marcus is like this no, is he, help, he, helping you so. to understand that. To me, I'm like, why? Like how? Because the same way how he made a promise to the nation of Israel and he's going to see it through, it's the same way how he made a promise to the believer. And he's no, but this isn't even talking about a promise to the believer. This is talking about what he did, No, what that's he's what I'm doing. Saying. As you start to read it and we go through 9, 10, and 11, like, yeah. again, we're jumping ahead. We're saying yeah, yeah. a lot of things that's ahead. And that's why I just want us to kind of yeah. just read it and go through it. Mm -hmm. But that's the purpose of him dealing with the nation of Israel. 
uh, saying this in this letter the same way how god from the very beginning had a plan and he's going to see it through with the nation of israel it's going to be the same thing in the life of the believer he's going to see it through i'm focused highlighting his sovereignty that's mm -hmm. what i'm highlighting I'm not going into the plan. I understand all that. You, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to no, highlight. I'm trying to, because you said with Ange, you know, with chapter nine and chapter eight. I'm just saying that's how, like you said, explain. What yeah, you're I get you. You're focusing on his sovereignty. I get it, but you can't get away from his plan, which he's mm -hmm. obviously. I'm not getting. No, I'm not about. getting away from his plan. Like his his plan is sovereign, but what I'm just saying, it's it's. Making having to understand this to understand the salvation to me, I, to me, it's a little bit different, but that's just how I. That's all right. We'll, we'll talk about it. Kip after hours. We'll talk about right. it. We'll, we'll just go through. I mean, as yeah, we go as through, we that's why I said we just yeah, have it, to read because we kind of jumping saying. ahead. It unpacks it. It, as it you unpacks it, it more. It goes it, it more just continues more. to unpack yeah. this, but um, yeah, we could we could finish the rest next week. I think. Yeah. this is good right now. Yeah. Right, but I mean, uh, the Jacob have I love, Esau have I. Hate. Oh yes, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like that's. I mean, that's the number one scripture. You know, um, the black Hebrew Israelites. Because <laughs> Esau, Esau is the white man. You see, God hates the white man. <laughs> I'm lying. Yo, man. That's what they believe. Of course. Yes. Well, I don't know about now, but that's what they used to that's believe. What they always it believe, always man. changes. <laughs> Their belief changes, but that was one of the main scripture that they would use in order to, you know, uh, justify hating the the white man because yep. they say Esau is the white man, mm -hmm. and the reason he was white is because he was born hairy, hairy, hairy and red. red. Hairy, right. Fam, that's the breakdown. Mm. And that's, that's what they believe. And based on that, they want to hate. Right. And they, right. they could say, yo, we could do whatever. We could hate, blah, blah, blah. From that, that one scripture, yeah. dog. But what's it, interesting, yeah, go ahead. That, that word hate there doesn't necessarily mean he hated or disliked him as an individual. Right. It was more so for his plan. Exactly. He yes. did not, he hated he he didn't want to select him for his plan. He 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 chose one over the other just for the purposes right. of his plan. And if because if he hated him, because the, the word tells us that Esau had an abundance of riches and like he was blessed yep. as his own little nation. Right. But if God hated him, do you think he would he would be? You know what I mean? Like people don't read into it, but that, you like, just the way you explain it yeah. is in context. Yeah, the hate people look at that hate and they're like, oh, how could God hate? Like, like even no. the term like was used like with like according to adoption. You know, like so if like during that time, if someone would adopt, um, like they, let's say there was two brothers and one would adopt one and leave the other, they would say that. The, per, the father who did the adoption hated the other one. Right. That's how it was looked in society at that time. So mm -hmm. when Paul is saying that, they they kind of understand Understood. exactly right. what he was talking about. It wasn't because he hated him, but like you said, because he didn't choose him, it was kind of like you. It was seen as yeah. hate. It was seen like you hated him because I didn't I didn't choose I you didn't for choose the plan you for the plan. But when that's not what it is, is I have a plan. I'm choosing people to work this plan. 
and that's all it is. You know, I have this plan and I'm I'm shaking and I'm moving and I'm choosing people out of the world mm-hmm. according to this plan and that's it. But according to society, it would look like you hate him. Right. But that's yeah. not what it is. And like I said, as we go further, like, you know, when we go to 14 and he really goes through like Pharaoh and Moses and all of that, it and really shows, you know, it goes into, you know, the whole thing is really showing the mercy of God. And, you know, another thing with that, like we see with that whole hate, like that doesn't mean like what you guys like you guys despise very well, despise and actually yeah, you know, that's not what that um, means because we see jesus use the same terminology when he says if you hate not your mother father right. wife right. children you know then you right. can't be my disciple right. so that's clearly showing that he's not telling you go hate your mother and father but he says they got to be a preeminence of me before yeah. all you have to you choose know? and the same thing with when he used with jacob um, with, um rachel and leah he said he saw that what leah was hated and then he opened up her womb it's, it's you know it's just that because you know uh she was less loved than Rachel it's not mm-hmm. that he hated her right you know what i'm saying and the other thing i wanted to 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 bring out um with like like for example with Isaac and Ishmael and to show that this is strictly dealing with a national election and people confuse it like hebrew israelites saying that oh he hated Esau and this and he hated Ishmael, Ishmael and this, right, right. and all these things like in in, in genesis 25 17 says um these were the years of the life of ishmael 137 years and he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people and the things that when he says gathered to his people that's only used um that that terminology is only used for the saved where abraham when he died said he was gathered to his people mm-hmm. right sarah died he she was gathered to her people and it talks about ishmael being gathered to what people he only had two people he was it was Abraham and Hagar because Hagar also, her heart was changed. So Abraham was saved. Hagar was saved. Ishmael is saved. I'm pretty sure that when we get to heaven, we're going to see Ishmael and we're going to see Hagar. You know what I'm saying? So the thing is that, so here, it's not talking about salvation for for um, Ish, uh, Isaac and, and uh, sending Ishmael to hell because we know clearly this scripture because it's only used seven times and those seven times is specifically dealing with um, these people ga- being gathered mm. to the people is salvation you know them going to paradise showing you that Ishmael was saved so the thing is is that this is specifically dealing with national election in order for Christ to be born from this he had to be born of a nation you know is he couldn't say oh Isaac and Ishmael, which one? You know, he couldn't be born out of two nations. He had to pick one. So God chose Isaac for Christ to come through. He could not come through Ishmael. And we, the, and yeah, I agree with you guys. The vehicle that he did that with yeah. was just his sovereignty. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, another thing with the Jacob have I loved, Esau have, have I hated. It has a prophetic. It has a prophetic outlook on it with the two nations. Because Paul actually referenced, that's a Malachi, Malachi, a scripture in Malachi, where it talks about, you know, uh, Esau becoming Edom. Eventually, that nation became an enemy to Israel. Mm-hmm. And um, their destruction came. So even in that statement, it was almost, you know, prophetic because he was referencing, you know, Malachi, mm. you know, a prophecy. And just real quick, um, that where it says that the purpose of God according to election might stand. I wrote down this, I read this thing. It said his determination to distribute his favor 
according to his sovereign will. <coughs> Bless you. Damn, I almost made the whole episode without sneezing. Mm. <laughs> it means it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> so his determination to distribute his favor according to his sovereign will and good pleasure. All right. Even in Israel, the Lord had a group, a specific group within that nation that he was like, I chose you guys. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, continue with the rest of this next week. I want to pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you how you opened it up to us, Lord God. And we just ask you to continue to illuminate your word for us to just begin to just rest and believe in what you say, your sovereignty, your, um, your election, your predestination. These things are very complicated, Lord God. But we just thank you that you left them here for us to learn and to grow closer to you and to wrestle with them. Um, and we thank you for that. But most importantly, Lord God, we pray for all of our listeners who are hearing that they themselves may go into the word, read it and wrestle with it. And most importantly, that they um, come to know you, come to know who you are and get saved and give their lives unto you so that they may believe in you and believe in your death, burial and resurrection. So they themselves may be saved and to be elected and to be foreknown and to be justified, sanctified and glorified, Lord God. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.